down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Gentlemen, welcome to this episode 143 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name, at all, as always, at nauseum is Adam Camilleri, and I'm joined by. Ah, oh, he's uh, currently a listed member for Team Australia for the WTC in, in 2023. He's uh, someone I've definitely turned to to talk to big stompy boys here, there, and everywhere. He loves a bit of tech, loves working on the fringe, and, and making his own way in his factions. You might know him as Will Mil- Milton. I call him Big Willie M. <laughs> I've never I've never called him that before in my life but it's too bad it's out there now in the in the ether and show I I invented Tony V and that's kind of stuck Big Willie M let's do it Howdy, guys. Uh, pleasure to be here. And look out, I'll take a new nickname. That's bloody awesome, mate. Um, thanks for having me on the show, mate. Keen to discuss these awesome big stompy boys that I love. So That's right. Yeah. We are exactly right, mate. We are continuing on the train of retrospectives, trying to get them all done before 10th edition drops on us. We've got Warhammer Fest coming up this weekend, and we may have a release date by the time this episode airs. So, my good mate Will and I are here to... Die, oh, dive deep into this Imperial Knights Codex, give you guys the retrospective goodness you have come to enjoy. For those of you who do not know what that is, we're going to be going through this Codex about, it's what, is it about nine months since it was released, mate, you reckon? Uh, it's Yeah, it's about nine, I think it was June... Yeah. I'd have to double check. Yeah. yeah. I think it's about nine months. Um, since it was released, we're going to look through all the sections, all the relevant sections of the book, Crusade Withstanding, and uh, give you guys the impressions of how these bits have held up over time, what has shown itself to be powerful, not powerful, good, bad, and otherwise. And then, of course, uh, we'll be doing over in part two, answering a bunch of questions. And you can find that part two over at Art of War Down Under over on Patreon. But I'm sure you all know that by now. Will. Is there anything you'd like to uh, plug or cover, mate? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm a part of a, a club called uh, the Northside Alliance out of Brisbane, Australia. Um, there's probably quite a few popular popular podcasts and places people might know from that area. Uh, and we're running a massive event called TNA Open in uh, September, going for like 140 players in three days. So anyone on the Southern Hemisphere that's keen to come along for a big three-day event, um, let us know. We'd love to have you along. Dude, really happy to see more three-days in Australia. It's uh, the the tournament going meta has really gotten away from australia where like the three-day has become almost a staple and uh we have like the one three-day every year so really proud of you guys for being able to put this together and i can't wait to check it all out will be a blast man uh how long have you been playing the knights book and give us your first impressions of this book when you cracked it for the very first time mate okay yeah look so i actually opened it up pretty immediately so uh we were looking at uh, a team thing for Victorian Team Championship down in your home state, mate. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, we haven't really got many Knights players going from Queensland. I might crack this open and give it a go. And um, I like a bit of technical play. So Old Knights was, uh, you know, it was pr- pretty straightforward. There was none of this fancy bondsman stuff or <laughs> this honor, how, honor, honor points or anything. Um, so that, I was like, oh, this is looking pretty cool. So I, I picked it up pretty much immediately. Um I really uh, liked the look of the Tyrannus stuff just because it was quite straightforward initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at face value, it looked pretty powerful. Like I, I remember hearing the coverage from you guys actually from uh, when it was CK and Imperial released and everyone was like, oh, CK looks pretty good. CK is very good, but the Imperial Knight powerhouse came through pretty mm-hmm. hard for the mm-hmm. end of last year. Exactly right. It was like when we compared the two, it was so obvious where the power was in the Imperial Knights Codex, and it was really high for the mm. time, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Those, uh, the, the stacking buffs and the Wall of Traits and Relics and stuff was just amazing. Uh, the base data sheet's not as strong, but yeah, you can get some really cool combos going on Imperial. Exactly right. Um, I think my first impression of this book was that it was a little bit um, there was a lot of terms and conditions, as I love to say on this show. And in mm. addition, there was quite a lot of bookkeeping that I wasn't sure I loved, but all the things that that bookkeeping resulted in, I absolutely adored. Like, I really liked the, co- the, the Code Chivalric, and I loved that kind of a mechanic being added to it. It, um... There was a lot of comparisons that I made, I think, on the show to Admech, the way the Admech Codex works. And there's, there's just lots of auras, there's lots of abilities, there's lots of bean counting to make the list go. But when you did get it all together, it was a juggernaut. Is that suffice to say? 
Yeah, mate, I 100% agree. And uh, the comparison I've also made is Admech. Um, you know, you get those auras pumping and sometimes your opponent looks at it and goes, can you actually do that? And you got to pull the codex out. Kind of like the Admech and you, you get to the <laughs> point where it's like, just believe me, I can do it. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And uh, on release though, like, I mean, what were, what were the builds? It was the Tyrannus build with the Crusader. Um, and, yeah, and the, the Mortal Wing Crusader. Yeah, some people also tried it with the Castellan. I think there are some, still some fringe builds, especially in teams trying to use the Castellan like that. Now we have free reserves. What were some other builds that first came out of this book in the first press? Look, people were trying a lot of stuff. Um, the Preceptor was around a bit. Um, Rex yep, yep. was rocking around because uh, th- those buffs that he gives out that are essentially like Chaplain Litanies, um, they're pretty good. They can do some pretty cool stuff with the action and shoot. Um, yeah, look, other than that, though, I think initially uh, the, the hot source that a lot of people landed on a bit more long-term being Freeblade didn't really get looked into straight away because it mm. was uh, quite complex in army construction and probably took, I think it was about a month and a half before people started running it successfully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, prim- primarily Tyrannus. Um, there was a few uh, Im- Im- uh, Imperialist builds, like House Griffin. I uh, had <laughs> got a hot go, but uh, it kind of fell over a bit uh, compared to the Mechanicus component. Yeah, that's exactly right. So there was the divide between the fact that, and this is very echoed very similar in the Renegade Knights, the Chaos Knights book as well. There was mm-hmm. one half of the of the Allegiance, the Mechanicus side, that was just such obviously built for Dakar which was where the game was being played at the meta in the meta at the time and then there was cuz this 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 came out in the 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 hail of doom in the um Yes. Uh, yep. So a lot of the nids were, were powerful at the time as well, and you needed to be able to shoot to play. Otherwise, you just had no freaking chance. Uh, but, but but you and I, especially you and I, loved all the Imperial House side of things, which just had, didn't mm. have had the worst um, stratagems and kind of had the worst house because houses because you were really good in combat and moved around well, but the data sheets weren't great enough to make those rules the best. Yeah, one hundred percent. The uh, Imperialist houses are. They get a lot more flexibility in terms of their movement, which is mm-hmm. amazing, and especially when you're obsec everywhere uh, and you know objective control. But the you, you need the guns realistically yeah. at the end of the day, and uh, calculated targeting is such a deadly strategy. And even now, like uh, we've got ANZTC coming up. I know you're playing for Vic, and it's going to be a great time. And some um, some teams are still taking the Tyrannus list just to put up as that. Here's yeah. my first put up. Here's my gun line. Yep, so. I could ju- I could just at any time pull the ripcord and table you in like two turns if this knight just r- gets the right r- right rolls. Um, where are they at now? Where are knights sitting in the meta at the moment? Look, sadly, uh, my big stompy boys are not doing super well. Mm. Um, they haven't won an event since Arcs of Omen released. Um, personally, I've actually moved off them a bit just due to the meta uh, with yeah. things like obviously Dark Angels up until recently being quite toxic uh, in terms of for knights especially with three or four reels to hit and wound in combat and just having the the cyclone missile launches everywhere um like they haven't done well into leagues like leagues has come back both time pretty mm. heavily uh guard uh the change to ignoring the feel no pain which means you're ignoring minus one damage mm-hmm. and imperial knights armor just function off that uh even like gene stealer cult it's one of the worst matchups for uh imperial knights um so the meta hasn't been the best for them, and that kind of reflects it in their their win rate and their performance. And like I've managed to make them boogie a little bit for events that I've gone to, but even then, it's like climbing a mountain a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, it's become a really a really negative meta for them. Uh, the game is just played on either a mass volume level, like GSC, where you play as the extreme on that, or the extreme value level that we see a lot of space marines played at, mm. where you just you just never get a trade, you never get anything favorable. It's it is very rough out there for the night players. Yeah. But let us jump into this review. For those following along at home, should you want to, we're starting at page 64, but the first thing we're going to really much talk about is the Allegiance Oaths. This is what you get to, should you choose to be a Mechanicus House or an Imperialis House. And Mechanicus side, of course, is the Regen 1 Lost Wound. Uh, sorry, uh, add one to the wound characteristics of Little Knights, two to the Big Knights, and you regain one Lost Wound in your command phase. And then the Imperialis side is plus one Advance and Charge. And each time an advance roll is made, uh, sorry, or charge roll, you can ignore any or modifiers and add one additional inch to piling and consolidation moves. When we read this, I was straight up all mm. in on the Imperialist side. I was like, oh my god, the Imperialist one is everything I want to be doing with knights. But what has been the case? Yeah, look, so yeah, 100% on paper, you look at the ignore advance and charge modifiers. Some people see it as 50 50. Man, at the moment, the amount of things that negate, like uh, like reduce stuff, like Tanglefoot, uh, some of the LR components, uh, just droop in your movement, and like the pile and consolidate, really good, especially when you get to some of the strats. But realistically, you're a big stompy boy. 
your toughness is like to T8, T7 with a lot of wounds and being quick and keeping those wounds high is mm. what actually keeps you strong um, and like at a base level. So and that's where adding the two to the Titanic chassis is huge. Yeah, exactly right. I want I want to I want Imperialis to be the better way to go, but reliability is reliability, guys. And it turns out that the the uh, mechanic aside won every comparison. All right, uh, up to yes. the noble households, mate. So we have three for each. Um, oh no, it's four. No, it's three. It's th- it's four. three for the Imperial. No, it's four for the Imperialis side. Four for the mechanic side. Better than the uh, yeah. Renegade Knights who only have three. But there are some absolute monsters in here you want you one you pointed out was house griffin just like plus one attack essentially the first yeah. round of combat right yeah great it's a great buff you know like a, it's a it's a classic marine buff with shock assault mm-hmm. that um works well in knights it, it's not the best imperial due to the dark sheets but um you know it, it's still an extra attack so mm. it's great i mean um what what's another standout the, sorry uh the sorry even within griffin itself getting the ability yep. to get advanced and charge for a war oh, yeah. trait so you can yep, put yep. It on a gallant or you put it on something big and you mm-hmm. suicide it in not a bad idea um, the other sound on this side is I've actually like was toying with uh, House Kamadar a bit um, when we came to Arcs of Omen because Deathwing Terminators were everywhere. And uh, for everyone that hasn't seen this at home, it is when you target a monster or a vehicle, you get reroll ones to wound mm-hmm. in combat. And when you target a monster, sorry, a unit with six or more models, you get full rerolls to wound, which Dude. against transhuman, it's pretty handy. It's good. So did you say it's uh, House Cadmus? Uh Cadmus, sorry, Cadmus, not yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, no, Cadmus. You're good. Um, yeah, these guys are still my favourite. Plus, plus yeah. they're, they're they're the closest to the Australian green and gold colour scheme that you're going to get. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, some you know some places for me and Will to, to find our homes. But this was the Jank Tank. They had the intercept stratagem as well, so they had all spec mm-hmm. scan. Um, in addition, what was the other piece that they had? They had the minus one damage in combat wall trait. Yep, and ign- the ignores uh, color relic. Yeah, the ignores uh, cover is huge because uh, knights are mainly AP two, uh, especially yeah. across like uh, Helvrins. Like you got like, obviously mm-hmm. you got your melter, but if you want to get bulk shots, like you're looking lightning locks and stuff from Morax, AP two, and uh, essentially making it AP three is pretty good. Yeah, dude, I, I this was the one I really wanted to take on a crusader that had a battle cannon instead of having, yeah. having to feeling like you had to take the thermal because the battle cannon just sucked. Uh, <laughs> but the battle cannon yeah, with cover and it's actually not too bad but then you're not taking endless fury so you know why are you here yeah uh, the trade in endless is a bit rough so. ex- yeah uh, it also became a big thing for this book was the uh, the cp economy wasn't it because you were you were totally okay yes. spending a bunch up front because of what we're going to talk about later with getting extras right yep 100 percent. the cp economy in knights is mate most of my lists start on zero like you, yeah, you can live exactly. with zero you can live with zero um over onto the mechanicus side what are your standouts Oh, look, I think that the one and only comes down to it is Tyrannus is, is mm. the big boy at the end of the day. Having the ability to um, get a six-up feel no pain on such a tough chassis, mm. including mortals, is amazing. Uh, and potentially standing back up if the uh, like after you get a knight, like you get the zombie knight, is really, yeah. r- really good tech. It is a four-up, but it's still really good. Yeah, totally agree. I think it is very, very, very strong. Even now, being out a zombie knight, like if in teams especially, like you play into a shooting, shooting matchup, and then cool, they killed your big knight. Oh, he comes back. Might as well have been a wound gated model. I think it was described by Tony V when we first reviewed it. Um, and then 100%. of course you have that ability to slap down a six um, with the warlord tray, right? Yes, with with knights of Mars. Yeah, one hundred percent. So um, the whole calculated targeting combo, you can convert. Uh, well, this one here is the same as the the oath, which we'll get to a point, at a point. But yeah, hit, wound, damage, uh, charge, or a saving throw. After you've rolled it, you can convert it to a six, um, which is huge. And that, that's once per uh, per game. But when you're virtuous, which comes back into the oaths, you can do it once per battle round, which is really, really powerful when you're going for calculated targeting. Mm. Yeah, it is extremely, extremely powerful. Uh, I would like to point out that there is still so much of these houses that is not explored because of, you know, Tyrannus. Mm. I mean, I think Raven is still very, very relevant. But yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, Ravens are uh, been killing it, mate. Uh, actually, if you look at the internal sub faction breakdown for win rates at GTs, mm. uh, having a look at stat check, Raven and Tyrannus actually have the same win rate. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, having the ability to just advance and move and like with no penalties and then shoot. Uh, with no penalties is amazing, especially when you're moving uh, 12 inches base, or you can auto advance to 21, or, mm-hmm. or you just get a big boy that goes 18 and just getting the angles off. So, uh, Raven is actually my sleeper pick if uh, the shooting toned down with the changes before 10th. Sadly, it hasn't, but I, I like Raven at the moment. My sleeper pick has always been crossed because I felt like you could almost oh, yeah. do a good enough. Uh, I have lots of sixes, Cold Fury, um, with the mm-hmm. um, da, 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 the fuller, the um, first night Warlord trait. Um, 
because you, you get to be you get to act as virtuous on uh, the one night. So yeah. I thought it was always good. Plus, I actually think it had the best house uh, stratagem, which is one CP for two Armagers to have plus one attack and uh, plus one AP. I always thought that was just Pretty such good. an incredibly good one CP strat. But um, that was always my pick. Should, should I have ever should ever have like free blade lance not been <laughs> just auto best? Yeah, one hundred percent. That's really what we're talking about here. All these are these are quite good. All of these are quite good, and a lot of these have still not been explored. But the fact that the free blade lance exists kind of invalidated most of this section. Yeah, essentially, once we hit that period when people understood how it worked, because mm. it was a little bit complex, um, the households themselves kind of got negated just due to the fact of uh, the restrictions on the stratagems and being that slightly opened up yep. in free blade because you can take both types of household. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, and also just the tech that's available in this book is quite good at base, even without the household. So overall, looking at all the um, custom, sorry, the non-custom, the built already houses, do you think it's a good section of the mm-hmm. book or a bad section of the book? Yeah, I, I think it's quite balanced, right? Because you you mm-hmm. have uh, like your imperialis, which is very movement melee based. Uh, they have a lot leading into that, uh, and you, you've got your specific uh, exalted courts that are limited to that, which are quite powerful. Uh, and then you've got your shooting and your act on full uh, mm-hmm. and like plus one wound, healing wounds on the mechanica side. So it's it's quite two different dynamics within the same book. Uh, yeah. I like it a lot. I like it a lot as well. I think it's a very good section. So building into the custom houses is what we're going to be talking about next. Now, there are traits for each side, and then there are traits for free blades. So you have a one page for all your Crestor Mechanicus, one page for your Crestor Imperialis, and one page for your free blade knights. Funnily enough, especially at the at the uh, team competitive team tournament level, you and I both know that there is a lot of juice in these sections, yeah? Oh, yeah. There's a heap. Tell us about it, mate. So, uh, if you so just regarding Freeblade for a second, uh, if you look at uh, Sid Sahau, so I think that's his name. Sorry if I get that wrong. Um, he ran Strike and Shield with thirteen baby armages for ages, um, which is Transhitment in combat, which is amazing. Reduce AP one to zero in combat, so you can get a Warglaive uh, or uh, just a basic armager to be quite tough at that point, especially Imperialis, where you have access to the uh, extra Consolidate and pile in, and the ability to move out of combat. Uh, and you know th- those components of ball control allowing you to be super tough in combat makes it, and with a minus one damage really really good. Yeah, totally agree. Also, uh, um, if you haven't noticed, if you did mention, um, just freaking noble combatants. You can just read noble combatants. And just oh be yeah. Like, oh man. Um, to WTC, a team Australia brought a knight army. What was it? It, it was actually struck and shield. Um, it, it was exactly based right. off the the list that I was running uh, with a preceptor. Um, I was running in Tyrannus and then mm-hmm. uh, was playing with at a WTD training day with uh, my name. Uh, the name is fakes me, Matt, Matt Jackson, of course. Um, and he's like, this is really cool. And then Liam picked it up and he's like, oh, what happens if we put Strike and Shield on this? And yeah. you get the five up feel no pain from the preceptor. It comes super tanky. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, surprisingly, I don't think any of the Questor Mechanicus build your owns are that good. Do you, are there any in there that are, that are really good in your mind? Uh, there's none that stand out significantly, mm. like especially as a solo trait, just because they don't apply in a number of circumstances. Yeah. Um, like blessed arms with the plus six inch range is nice, but you've already got like thirty six, thirty exactly. inch range minimum. Yeah, and you, most of your stuff moves ten, so it's forty. Who who's forty one inches away that you couldn't <laughs> that you really needed to get? Yeah, to? exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the? What do you make of the free blade traditions? And man, some of these are amazing. Um, mm. I really love Mysterious Guardians. Uh, so if you look at this in terms of maybe outside of the Night Codex a little bit and the uh, the plug-and-play uh, Super Auxiliary you get for free yep. for Battle Brothers for Arc of Omen. Um, last of their line, pretty handy, counters double for Blast. Mm-hmm. And you so, and then you get... Um, sorry, that's not double Blast. That's the one where you get four rerolls to hit if you have six or more models yep. um, in uh, Armager class. That's pretty juicy with the right uh, combat for sh- uh, setup for combat or shooting. Uh, Mysterious Guardians coming in from uh, Strat Reserve Turn 1 and shooting mm-hmm. or making you charge, positioning, like, you know, threatening, very good. Uh, Peerless Warriors is pretty meh. The Mythic meh, Heroes yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. Getting two points higher in the honor points, so you can get one or two knights just counting a little bit higher to potentially get buffs and just push their output or their durability a little bit further. Yeah, totally agree. I think you encapsulated that perfectly. And as a whole, I think this is an extremely good part of the book. Um, two out mm. of the three sections here, only the Mechanicum side of the build your own seems to be on, on it seems to be a bit weak. The Imperial Martial Traditions are absolutely bonkers. There is a skew list of your dreams hiding in this section for people at home. You could even, like in a team's list, you could even just make a Hunters of Beasts list that just hunts other vehicle armies. Like take a bunch of hell, t- a bunch of Armagers, 
maybe a bunch of graviton um moiraxes and a couple of big knights and just hunt other other vehicle lists and you could even just hit a skew there as well 100 percent um all right I, overall another good section of the book yeah 100 percent, mate i think this is a solid section yeah the mechanicus is a little bit sad it's still fine like it's okay but yeah i generally think that the, the custom trades are pretty sold mm. all right jumping into the stratagems give us a uh give us the lowdown here Okay, so some of these strats are the coolest things, and this is what made me fall in love with knights, these strats. So um, I'm just going to pick a few uh, that I really love. So on your first page, you have three stratagems that are amazing. So calculated targeting, uh, when a Mechanicus model uh, makes an attack, if it's in shooting, so it's the whole model, so you take a Crusader or a, a Castellan or anything like that, on a wound roll of a six, the damage is converted to mortal wounds. Um, that's very powerful when you're trying to negate things like invulnerable saves, even mm -hmm. demon saves, things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty expensive. It's 4 CP for a big knight, but um, you know, 2 CP on an armager, and then you have ways to manipulate that, whether it be uh, House Tyrannus or uh, Layla the Tyrants, and with rerolls and things, it gets pretty pretty deadly. Um, line Breaker in uh, Imperialis, really, really good. So when you make a consolidate move, uh, you could move up to 6 instead of 3. Mm -hmm. um, this is cumulative to a 7-inch movement, when you are moving with uh, Imperialis base, not Freeblade, and yep. then you can go in any direction, or you can go uh, three. Uh, sorry, any direction as long as it's so out of combat, as long as it's closer to the enemy's board edge. Pretty handy for like hitting something like Scarbrand and escaping really quickly, or you have to move out of combat with something and end within a combat of another unit. So yep. very good for board control. Um, right, it's and my favorite, it's incredible. Sorry, oh, sorry. Continue. I would have jumped in. Oh yeah, all good. Um, my favorite is full tilt. Um, yeah. Just adding a flat six to Titanic or in your advance or adding a nine to an armager is really, really amazing. It's so good for reaching out and applying pressure, disrupting primary. Yeah, you, you pretty much nailed them all. Um, Linebreaker is, dude, I'm so happy you brought it up because it is such a sleeper because so few people play Imperialist side of the houses. Mm. Um, I've seen so much BS happen with this. Like one. Yeah, man. One. Um, uh, Warglaive on like three wounds that's got a bunch of de defensive like it's minus one damage four plus invulnerable save kills a unit of Votan nothings and taps two Hecatons that your opponent thought was safe and then the Hecatons have to shoot <laughs> this guy exactly and, and he makes it through somehow shuts down a whole turn of shooting um, I will know there are a lot of little sleepers here but there are some really disappointing ones and some things yeah, that there don't are. make sense. The fact that only this still bothers me so much that only the Mechanicus side has the act on full profile. Yeah, such a that's load of crap. That's a bit, bit annoying. Such a load yeah. of crap. It would be nice for it to be both. Yeah. Um, was it? Did you point out thin their ranks? Uh, I have not pointed out thin their ranks. I like that. It's uh, where is it? It's it the is. one where you get the exploding sixes. Uh, sorry, auto winning sixes on uh, three. For three knights for one CP. It's very good. Helverins, man. Like, you know, you pick three Helverins <clears throat> and you're like, I want that dead. Yes. And uh, the other one that I see happen every single game is uh, Noble Sacrifice. It's always some point of some game where there's like yes. four or five units within six inches of a knight and you just hit that big red button and auto boom them. Um, 100%. I wish there the... was. Sorry, you go. So, sorry, the other one's Transhuman for any yeah. days for an yeah. armager. Really powerful. I like it a lot. Uh, there are some things that disappoint me here, like Storm Striders. Why does it exist? Who knows? <laughs> there are, there are, there are many. Yeah. I wish there were, I wish they, like, a uh, Hurled Wreckage also is just the, the biggest load of nothing. Never heard of you. Um, exactly. Uh, but I wish there was the, there was more here for bigger knights to crank up bigger knights, because as far as I can tell, to crank up the damage of a big knight in shooting, there is literally uh, calculated targeting. There's, that's it. Yep. There's, that's it. That that is absolutely it. And the, the biggest criticism we're going to have at the end of this is that big knights do nothing uh, in this book. Yep. Um, even even compared to big knights in in chaos knights book, where big knights there mm -hmm. don't do much, but you can make them do a bunch of really spicy, awesome fringe stuff. Here, man, if you didn't have to take them, you wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that this book is Codex Armager, realistically, mm -hmm. and the strats kind of lead to this, yeah. where um, you're all about buffing them up with the Bondsmans and giving them minus one damage and abilities. Uh, and the big knights are actually, ironically, when you stack everything, quite less durable than Dude, the Armagers. When their points in Armagers, is, it's so stark how much worse they are than their points in Armagers. Yeah. Like, it's not even... They're not even on the same planet, man. It's, it's ridiculous. So, to that end... 
I like the stratagems that exist there, but they are disappointingly lacking in the same amount of goodness for everything in the book. There is very Armagers get like three quarters of their, the stratagems for Armagers are relevant and usable, and like I wouldn't even bother rotating on a big night. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah, uh, look, honestly, two CP is pretty expensive Ex- for that yeah. in, the, in this economy. So mm. you, you realistically just want to take um, you know the enhanced ion hit shield to mm. give you a four up all the time in shooting. It's, yep. it's cheaper for one CP. So, how do you evaluate that section of the book? Um, look, Ben, it's actually I don't mind it. I, I think mm. honestly, if you look at your tenth and the changes coming, I think, I think it can be consolidated quite heavily. Um, like as you said, there's strats that are limited, like the the repair, um, and which pro and that will act on full. Sorry, that should probably be just army wide. Um, and 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 there's some specific strats which are limited to uh, certain. Like classes of vehicle that probably don't need to be like the Dominus classes isn't very loved here. Um, oh, so the, yeah, I don't the, know. It, it's okay. <laughs> Quite the opposite, in fact. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, never mind. The, yeah, even the splash damage um, strat for the uh, the harpoon. Yeah, imagine not having a strat for the harpoon. Could you, yeah. Just, just it, it, the fact, yeah, no, no, yeah. It, yeah that, that one pissed me the off. The harpoon's a sick weapon, dude. Like, it it's, should probably be pretty cool, right? It but, should yeah. be pretty, and you just look at it and just like, yeah. man, this thing, this, this thing sucks. All right, up next is the Exalted Court, which I think we're both going to gush over, yeah? Yes, 100%. There is so much juice in this part of the book. And uh, tell us some of your go-tos. Look, uh, I love a bit on both sides. So uh, I, I think the, the first one is uh, Herald. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's a staple in most lists these days. Having the ability to get a four up in one in shooting yeah. combat, which knights obviously lack, um, especially in combat, is is amazing. And even uh, bouncing the bonds and ability um, from one knight to another um, within nine inches, like people might not think about that a lot of the time. It's actually quite important uh, in the way you position. Yep. Um, the other ones on this side is the high monarch, I believe it is, where you get the additional honor point and. Uh, every armager within six is affected by your bondsman. That's pretty cool. Yep, pretty good. Um, Very much a build yep, around uh, my, if you going down that way. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially on the Imperialist side. Um, the on the Mechanicus side, Princeps having the ability to give a specific chassis buff, specifically the plus one to sorry the reroll hit rolls and win rolls of one from the Paladin onto a large Questorus class. Very handy. Really ups that efficiency in the shooting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also don't mind Master of Law. Um, just getting the ability to potentially cast a uh, a buff from the Chaplain Tree. I can't remember the exact name for the knight, sorry, but the, the Chappy ability, um, pretty handy. So, yeah, yeah, what are I, your picks, mate? I wish it made you able to get the Chappy ability off easier, though, is my only criticism. Mm. Yeah, for, yeah let, let you roll two dice or got off on two plus instead of a three. Because I've, I've played against lists like the ones you go with, and at times I'll just be like, well, I'm just going to pick on the fringes until this guy fails his... The, the, the three plus on the the feel no pain one uh, then uh, we're gonna all in <laughs> and uh, definitely and that's just been a thing that happens a little bit too often for when that is the play of the army um, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of master of Vox to be honest when you just look at master yeah, yeah, of Vox, it's, it's just 20 points and you get gives you more CP back on a five plus and lets you use your bondsman abilities at infinite range it's such a silly good activator um, I believe, especially, good. especially like on the on the tables you and I play on, when you have uh, WTC boards that have very specific places where a big knight can hide, and that's it. Yeah. But at least you do have somewhere to hide. It lets you just station up and still play the game effectively without just being like, "Well, I'm just going to auto kill his freaking uh, what what is usually an errant, right?" Yeah, what well, 100 percent the uh, the ability to put it whole board is amazing, especially mm-hmm. you're not limited to uh, like the play style of knights kind of castling up and then pushing out. Um, and the CP refund is awesome. Knights yeah. is a very CP intensive army, so it helps a lot. Agreed. Uh, overall, I think an exceptionally good portion of the book. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's my favorite part. I think it's one of the best, um, like dollar menu as we've come to call them, sections of any book. Uh, it, it's really, really well put together, I believe. Um, and funnily enough, it didn't need all that it gives you. Like, it's <laughs> the third dot point on these. These for all for Crusade, and I'm <laughs> no, yeah. I never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Never heard of it. Never yeah, heard whatever. of it. Um, uh, something I will note though is with the Exalted Court, and sometimes people miss this. I played the first few games without this. Is on the first page for Exalted Court on page 84. It actually allows you to use your bondsman a second time, correct, natively. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, like, you know, that means your big guy is giving out uh, two buffs instead of one to the armages, which is awesome. That's really, really good. Yeah, really good. It's just doubling. For, even if you were just paying the... Man, some of these bonds and abilities, you would just pay the points of these to just dub, use the bonds and ability twice. Like, you'd pay 20 points. 20 to, points to Master of Vox or Herald, and then doing that addition is amazing. Exactly. That's what I'm... Yeah, that was what I was pretty much sure what I was getting at saying. They gave you so much for these points. Mm. Um, all right, next up is... What I believe is the best worst portion of this book. Best because it's (laughs) it's the strongest, obvious, once we figured it all out, incredible way to build this army. Worst because it meant that there was almost no reason to go anywhere else in this book. This is the Freeblade Lance. Tell us about this, mate. So the Freeblade Lance is an army of renown. Um, I'm sure people have heard of those things from the dark days of Jakari and Adme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, essentially, uh, you in Freeblades, so as a base, uh, you actually don't gain a household or a martial tradition. So you, you gain the keyword from Imperialis or you gain it for Mechanicus. So it gives you stratagem access. You don't normally gain the specific house. You can only pick a successor one or one from the Freeblade list. Uh, in the Freeblade lands, it actually allows you to... Yeah, uh, and uh, essentially a replacement for losing those uh, with restrictions being uh, you gain half of Imperialis, half mm-hmm. of Mechanicus. It's called Indominal Heroes. So you, uh, all your armages and, or, or sorry, all your models, not just armages, you gain one wound a turn, which is really yep. handy in your command phase, and you can ignore the advance and charge modifiers. Now, this allows us to pick, essentially cherry pick the best parts of uh, Mechanicus and Imperialis and combine exactly. them. Um, the other big component here is you're generally not allowed exalted courts on um, the big guys if they're free blade. Like it's not it's not allowed. Um, but in free blade lands, the army of renown, you are so you can take an imperial exalted court and apply it to mechanicus and vice versa because mm-hmm. it replaces mm-hmm. that with a free blade keyword. Um, very very powerful when you can think about some stratagems and some combos that you can stack all together. Yeah. See, I I love the free blade lands. It is so strong, but. It's really a case of <laughs> why don't why wouldn't you do this? You have to actually make a significant yeah. argument for what you were why you wouldn't do this because any other build that you can make in this book you can do in here and get more stuff um, exactly. in addition. So it, it was just a case of hey, we built a book with restrictions and nuance and terms and conditions, and then we put an army of renown in to let you ignore all of those. Uh, mm-hmm. And f- for the for the for the squeeze, you get some. Very relevant stratagems. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't really think I've seen anybody take the relic, but I've seen plenty of people take the uh, warlord trait. Yeah, the warlord trait's around. The relics. I've looked at it a few times, just maybe, but every time I come back to it, I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. When you can't. You can't really make a big knight that killy anyway. So investing, it, just just make them the, the buff monsters they they are. But some of these stratagems are really good. Which one? Which ones do you like the best? Um, my favorite is actually uh, Deeds of Legend, which allows you to get essentially an additional um, chivalric ability after you kill a monster, a vehicle, or a character. Um, with I like doing it on a, a Helvrin or like a yep. Armager specifically. Um, it, it just means you get access to uh, one of the I think it's eight abilities that you may not previously. Yeah. have the ability to do that and it's so good because so many people are taking their dumb little land speeders and vipers and trash and just like yeah cool bang flex one cp this guy's just better for the rest of the game yeah exactly what's um, yours mate i just like the real the rerolls yeah 12 yep, inches the away. real ones outside yep. of 12 yep, yeah outside of 12 i just think it's, it's good for making um especially an armature um, just pop off just a little bit more. Um, I have liked it quite a lot when I've seen it used on Lightning Lock Moiraxes, but that was in a bygone yes. meta that I don't think is relevant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Uh, the overall, the Freeblade Lance is still like probably the best thing in the book. The second best thing in the book. Or first best. Actually, it's the best thing in the book. Ooh, I think it's the best, man. Like, yeah, honestly, it, it makes this it book uh, dance at another level. Mm, so. it, it really is the best thing in the book. Exalted Court, close second, but definitely second. Uh, Relics is up next. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are certainly are. Some of these are very good. Some of them are not so good. Correct. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you go to? Which, which, which don't you leave uh, a list without? Um, the biggest one is uh, Helm Dominatus. It's my favorite. 100%. So having the ability to pick a uh, bondsman and just sticky it mm-hmm. to an armager for the whole game or until that big boy dies, that's amazing. That's so good. Like what, that's like, Especially when you stack it with Herald and they get four up invun, minus one damage, and a buff, whether it be mm-hmm. reroll ones or advance and charge. That's, that's 
really, really good. Yeah, exactly right. Almost entirely, just focus on the first two pages of Relics and forget the third. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much... Yeah, the, the third doesn't exist. Um, it doesn't exist. Oh, it's got Heart of Iron on it, and it, Heart of Iron is sick, but I've never seen it taken and be relevant. It's such a shame. It yeah. looks so good I took it for testing once, and it didn't oh. do... Like, it was fine, but yeah. the problem is... Uh, especially in Arts of Omen, like right, you're like you're limited to six CP. When this yeah. book came out, I believe it was Nephilim or like Correct. around that time. I can't remember the one before. And you had twelve, it was so you could easily yeah. stack double wall of trait and then mm. spend like seven CP for a game. Pre game, mm-hmm. you can't do that now. Yeah, so. there's so many of these that just don't make the cut. Hell, I've seen a lot of lists that don't take Endless Fury anymore. I've seen a lot of lists that yeah. literally just take Helm of Dominatus and the four plus invuln. Um, Oh, yep. sorry, no, the um, what, there's a two, the two plus armor safe, or is it the uh, where is it? Oh, the two plus armor safe, helmet safe. Oh, sorry, armor of no, 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 I, I haven't seen that around a bit here in Australia, yeah. but I know some of the countries have been. Oh, sorry, it was um, Bastard's oh. Helm, Helm of Dominus, Bastard's Helm, Bastard's Helm, move on. Yes, uh, Bastard's there, Helm is amazing. Are there any others that jump out to you? Um, I when I was running the preceptor, the mentor seals okay, getting the the ability to have those um, nightly teachings go off and a plus oh, one to the plus. role, yeah. Isn't too bad, but honestly, once like you know the book kind of worked through, uh, they weren't worth taking anyway. Mm. Yeah, the the preceptor I believe has been a, a failed experiment, unfortunately. Uh, just because... one of my other favorite ones. Sorry, mate, you go. No, I, well, I, it needed to get the same treatment as like uh, the desecrator. It needed to be like good in combat. Yeah. If they weren't going to give it a gun worth a damn, they needed to make it okay in combat. And it, unfortunately, it does nothing in shooting. Does nothing in combat. Yeah, and it can still like fail. You're, you're it playing... can still fail its buffs. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you're paying 400, 500 points for a model that has four or five attacks in combat with a big mm-hmm. like that's that's pretty wild. Like you probably should be a little bit better in combat. Dude, I have seen that guy like go into Tyranid Warriors. In Le- this was Leviathan Tyranid Warriors. It was three Tyranid yep. Warriors, and it took more wounds than the Tyranid Warriors did. And I was like, "Yeah, nah, <laughs> never, 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 I, never, never." Yeah, I've had that happen. <laughs> it's, saddest, it's not fun. It's the saddest crap imaginable. Anyway, um, suffice to say that I think there are maybe three or four relevant relics, and the rest are NHOs, dead on arrival. Yeah, the, 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 sorry, I just want to point out, there's one other one that I love, um, which is Helm of the Nameless Warrior. It's a bit yep. of a tech piece. I don't see everyone take this, but uh, like calculated targeting, but it's in combat and it's a relic, yeah. so it's a whole yeah. game. We um, we theorized a lot of gallants and uh, errands and things with the Helm of the Nameless Warrior for House Griffin when it first came out, I think. People yeah. were pretty high on it. Uh, were, you, were you as well? Uh, I was initially, yes, 100%. Mm. Yeah. It seems it seems pretty good, and I, I wished it was I wish it was more relevant, or you could make a royal because it's a cool rule. It is, it's a really cool rule, but it, realistically, it's a tech piece to handle um, to threaten people and like have certain matchups where you got to make people think twice about their positioning. Mm. Um, all right, on to warlord traits. Some good stuff here. Yeah, it's okay as a section. Uh, it's fifty fifty in my mind. It's probably one of the worst part, not the worst parts, but the rest of the book's pretty good, and this mm. is just probably about normal. Um, yeah, I mean, so here we have Blessed of the Sacrosins, which was one of the key portions of making the um, Uber Crusader pop off. We also have Iron Bulwark for 4 plus invulnerable save, and then there's kind of the rest. Yeah, like uh, you go look at Revered Knight, that's okay. We just, you get the plus 5 first, plus 1 on a point for the army wide. Not bad. I know it's, uh, I believe it's Rex's. Is it Rex's? Uh, yeah, yeah. Kenneth Rex's uh, trait, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, but Landstrider compared to the previous edition, where Landstrider yeah. was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. He's not so good here. Um, Cunning Commander is trash, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Absolutely garbage. Yeah, um, and Knight Central is okay, but it, it's plus one attack. Like for one CP, you could probably use that somewhere else better throughout yeah, the game. Correct, correct. Um, as far as I can tell, on par with the relics, pretty mediocre. Um, yeah. Up, next up is the Knightly Teachings, which on paper are freaking jacked. Yeah, man. There is some juice here. You've played with the Preceptor quite a bit. Which ones did you take? Yes. Uh, my favorite was the Five Up Feel No Pain. That Oof. was like the, the mind idea of going so fully buffed, right? In mm-hmm. like uh, Free Blade, you could go uh, trans in, in combat. Let's just say it's in combat. You go Trans Hitman, Transhuman, or Up Invun, minus one damage, Five Up Feel No Pain. Dude. That's pretty tough, right? It's nuts. And uh, this, yes. uh, this, this, when this came out, we were coming out of the Thick City meta, and of course, Crusher Stampede yes. and things like that. And people looked 
to that build to get something that was way more toxic than Thick City. Um, but then Definitely. people just realized the game was so killy, you just killed the Preceptor and whatever. <laughs> yeah, the Preceptor's not tough at the end of the day. Yeah, so, yeah. like, if you lose the Preceptor, it all falls over. Yeah, and the Preceptor was actually... It's actually just... Big Knights in general, I'm just going to say, way too easy to kill this edition. They do not feel yeah, tough man. at all. Um, but what was the next go-tos from the Nightly Teachings? Um, the Exploding Sixes in Shooting and Combat is yeah. uh, very, very good within 6-inch aura, uh, and the Action and Shoot's pretty solid. Those are kind of the main ones people took. Um, yeah, having the ability to do uh, the main Knight secondary... Uh, Renew the Oaths in the center of the board and still shoot with something. Very handy. Yep, agreed. Um, I think, once again, I think the Nightling Teachings, like in a vacuum, if you just read these, they are 100% better than Litany's. Like there is no Litany's. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, you tell, you're telling me a chaplain could give out exploding sixes to shoot to like an Iron Hands gun line? Like you are off your <laughs> guts. You're off your guts, mate. Please put away whatever powders yeah. you have been using. These are not good for you because um, <laughs> these are absolutely <laughs> crap. But, um, yeah, the application in-game has never kind of shone through. Um, next section is the secondaries, which have gone through a couple of revisions. So feel free to give us the TLDR on how these work at the moment. Yeah, so uh, I believe we don't have Duel of Honor anymore. That Correct. was the one where it was essentially you pick something big and it kills something, so we won't go through that because it's gone. The, uh, so Honor the House, very good secondary. You all will get to the Honor points soon, but it's essentially you go up Honor points in the battle round, you get two points. Pretty good. End of the game, if you finish Virtuous, you're getting a three. So you can end on uh, 12, I think it's 13 at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Virtuous at the end, and then you get two per command phase. It's pretty solid. Um, not bad at all. Uh, it's a good base secondary to have for scoring. Yep. Um, you then have Yield No Ground. Now, this has some quite deep, res- not deep restrictions, but restrictions like you can't uh, move towards your own board edge, yeah. which is can be confusing for some people. Uh, you can't fall back as well, I believe. Yeah, you can't fall, but fall back. Uh, and you need to essentially stranglehold. Yeah. I know it's in there anymore, but it's Knight's Baby Stranglehold. It's really good. And uh, no enemy units within your deployment zone. Pretty easy to do when you have the quantity of shooting that uh, yeah. Imperial Knights have. So uh, base, solid secondary. I always felt like this was one... It always felt like a win more, because you were only ever getting three points on it when you were winning the game. Like, you were yes. only ever ticking all these boxes when things were going real good. And if things went south, you could end up on three points on this on this objective um, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Look, I think the fallback and the no move towards board edge is the harder part of this. Um, the rest of it's not too bad. And uh, as we'll get on to, renew the oath, you want to be near the center of the board. So you're yeah, mission with the objective in the middle. It's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so Renew yeah, the oath uh, is still the re- best one, yeah? Uh, it, it is. However, um, what I found is now that the knights have been out long enough, and especially with other potent shooting armies being around, like guard and bowtie and whatnot, and, yep. and tau pretty prevalently, it, it's not as good as what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, having the ability to stand within six inches of the center of the board, do an action, and score three victory points, and then on a four up, you get an echelon point. Pretty good. Um, especially when you stack it with a titanic character towards the end, um, potentially, and touch that center uh, center area, and you get five points. Like that's really really good. Keeping your stuff safe when there's so much fast shooting that can kill you quite quickly, or you have like world eater staging through a wall at the moment, not as potent. The, yeah, I've seen this be a bit of a skill check for a lot of night players. Because, well, yeah. Like you're playing a standoffish night game, and the, the, the culmination of these secondaries has led people to be able to play a very stable game with knights where it being like, I can just be yes. super supremely dominant on my half of the table, and you can't really come over here or else you're going to die. Um, because that's what these secondaries let you do. But when people have clued into that, they're like, well, I'm going to kill one knight because through movement, and then you're going to give me a knight every turn because you're going to do renew the oaths. So if I kill two yes. knights, turn one, turn two, and turn three, I can push on you and table you turn four and turn five pretty reliably because I've killed six of your knights already of your usually ten and one, you know, ten smalls, one big. You're five yes. knights to hold off my entire army because you're playing funny buggers at the back and I'm killing two knights a turn. And that's what you... That's I've seen that happen... So often. Um, is that your experience also? Yeah, well, 100%. Um, I find that uh, you know your middle table players and newer players will pick up knights and they'll try and do that. And when you get to the high level, you've really got to try and find ways to mitigate that, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, pushing for it late game and st- stacking the back end of it yep. um, and just killing your opponent, which, which can also be hard to mitigate. But yeah, it's it's knights are a known game plan. You play your combat triangle for your three objectives. Yep. Um, 
And if you understand how to uh, move block that, especially because Helvins can't move over stuff, um, it sorry, not Helvins, Armages, uh, it can get pretty hairy. Yeah, agreed. Um, overall, though, I do you think the secondaries are still holding tough? Is holding strong, or are they dropped off? Um, look, they've dropped off, but I, I will say they are—they still like—they're still a points machine at the end of the day. They still yeah. score really well. Um, really good teams list, and uh, something that uh, we didn't mention I really love is Knights give up natively, bring it down, and tighten up because they've combined them now. Um, and this kind of allows you to score enough points to counter the fact you're going to probably get your opponent's probably getting 15 on mm. another secondary against you. Um, so yeah, uh, I call it the uh, teleport assault. Uh, cherry on top because great knights are exactly yes. the same you get, you get cool. great, <laughs> teleport assault is op dumb you know auto 15 versus a multitude of opponents but you give up 15 on a board so it's just kind of leveling the playing exactly. field in some respects uh but okay uh we are up to the kind of juicy um mono faction bonus that is known as the chivalric uh, the code chivalric, rather. Sorry, there isn't anything in the yes. um, data sheet abilities we've missed. I do not believe our bondsman abilities. Uh, just the bondsman's. Give yes. us, give us. How, how does this work, brother? Just for people who may not be aware. Oh, well, okay. So bondsman abilities, one of the coolest things ever. So mm-hmm. in your command phase, you pick a like from so from a Questorus knight. Uh, they depending on the chassis, give out a different buff. Um, they pick an armager within twelve, uh, and that gives them the ability of minus one damage uh, until the next command phase. And a specific buff. So uh, a paladin gives you reroll, hit rolls, and win rolls of one. And Aaron gives you advance and charge. Uh, and there on through, there's a number of them. Um, so it essentially allows you to have armages functioning with additional benefits. Correct. And uh, it's good range. It's 12-inch range, which is the right number for how knights want to be playing. And it is just yes. a, it is just almost the bread and butter. Like, almost the reason that knights it are is. even able to contend in the game at the moment. Um, but I, I, I still think it's one of the best parts of the book. I, I do think they've, they're still yeah, held me up. Too. Although yeah, it, I think it's what keeps Imperial. Mm, um, it annoys me because it's another level of bookkeeping that I've I've, I've never truly loved. Yes, and this up is the last of the, the the levels of bookkeeping. This is the Code Chivalric. So at the start of the game, you will be starting with what one on a uh, one on a point. Yes, start, one base. Start with one, um, and then you you earn and lose honor as the game goes on and you earn them by choosing one of four tables so two or sorry two or four tables um, yeah two or four from uh, the next ones and they all come with some good things and bad things of how you lose and get on yeah. and um so give us give us another a better breakdown you probably do it better than me yeah it's all good mate so um uh, so yeah there is four different code traffic oaths you can pick between now each of these oaths um have two uh, bonuses you can achieve now, when you're base on it, so uh, on the honor scale, probably go back to that to start with that, you have zero points where you dishonor it, where you don't get any of these buffs. And I believe you also lose the minus one damage uh, in there with the bondsman, so I'll have to double check that. Um, but then in the honored, you gain one of the buffs of the two, and then on the virtuous, you, which is five and six points, um, you gain a digital buff. So you can essentially, uh, it's a bit of bookkeeping, but you can double stack buffs up to four additional ones army-wide. Pretty powerful. Now, each individual oath you pick between has a pledge and a trough. So within the pledges, these are things you have to complete to gain an honor point. Mm -hmm. So just quickly, an example is uh, an Imperial Knight model from your army uh, performed an heroic intervention or it charges something that was already in engagement range of a friendly model. You get plus one honor point. Pretty good. Um, The downside, though, is you have a trough. And if you fail to do something, um, you lose an honor point. So it's a sliding scale throughout the game, and you've got to keep track of it. the downside for this oath, which is protect those in need, is uh, you fail to declare a heroic intervention or you fail to declare a charge um, against you, a unit that's with engagement with a friendly yeah. model. When you have the option um, to. Yes, when you have the option to. Yes. Uh, so, But the buffs themselves are pretty good, right? So uh, just using protect those in need still. Um, every model gets to heroic uh, three inches. Very powerful on a uh, 100 mil base, which is what armage is on. And if you're a character on the big guys, you get to heroic six inches. That's very, very good. And very. then... Uh, when you're virtuous, you get an additional bondsman. Pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, some of these are not like the others. There is like uh, the ugly duckling here, and then there is the sweet, yes. shiny extra CP, which you'd probably never want to leave without. It's just there's just like free rerolls here. There's there's extra attacks here. It's some really powerful, powerful things. But this is the this is where we got to the tipping point of the codex, where I kind of lost it a little bit mm. and not, not that i got angry but i kind of okay. lost the oomph when i realized just how much i was gonna have to do turn by turn to keep up with 
my army hopefully working at 100% efficiency. Have you found that this was just like a, a one yeah. step of bookkeeping more than you wanted? Uh, look, personally, I'm not too opposed to it because uh, like uh, my background, I'm uh, engineering, I'm used to like, ah, you know, the details of my nutrient stuff. So I love it. Say no more. <laughs> but, Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I understand for most people that they just don't want to deal with this and you're taking stompy boys. You're not there to be bookkeeping. You're there to go smash things, right? Yeah. So I, I completely get it why some people feel that way. It's fair. Has this been a good thing for the night players, do you believe? Um, I do personally, because it adds a lot of um, thematic uh, elements to the game. Mm. So, you you know, you're a knight, you're sworn in to protect these people and like, look at defend the realm. Oh, you're defending points and you get extra CP if you do it and you get extra obsec. Like it, it actually blends the codex quite nicely. Yeah. But it is quite confusing for new and middle players and your mm. opponent to understand. Um, so having that transparency can be hard at tournaments. Like people yeah. can get quite frustrated with it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I have had points in games where players have told me that they're virtuous now, and I've had to make them tell me, like, because they, they've just been like, oh, yeah, on it, on it, on it. Oh, I'm virtuous now. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Ex- please explain. Yeah. I have no idea what you did to get those points. Um, some, just roll, every now and then someone just rolls a dice and like, oh, four plus, another honor. I'm like, huh, excuse me? Yep. Um, <laughs> and just all stuff like that. And so, yeah, it, it's not, see, I think you said it right. Um I think it's the fact that I fear having to prove this or explain this to somebody. I feel like yeah, I, it's not that it's not my interpretation of it that bothers me. It's trying to explain it and f- have someone else explain that I'm not cheating yes. <laughs> when playing them. Yeah. The the um the eyes glaze over when you're explaining your army list to someone has happened to be a number of times. Exactly right. Um, I, I've got a little cheat sheet that I give my opponent at this point mm. because otherwise it can just get too much. Yeah, spot on. I mean, some some of these are legitimately very hard things to do. Kill two two yeah. units. Um, so kill two units or lose honor. Um, yes. stuff, stuff like that. And I never track those things. I just expect my opponent to be forthwith on them, and I'm assuming they always are. But yeah, it is a, it is a bit of a convoluted way of doing it. I do love... Uh, and I hope that they can retain something like this in future editions because I think it's so cool to have like a, this code that these nightly you know houses are held to this this code and you choose the code. I think it's a very very cool thematic piece. Yes, I, I love the thematic part of it. And yeah, look, it can be hard to track your opponent, and uh, I think it's you know it's a long, especially a tournament. It's a long day. You get to mm-hmm. round three or round six, you know, and it's like oh, my, it's hard to explain. You don't want to talk through everything. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe simplifying it for tenth bit. I really hope knights don't lose their um, you know, their detail they both have gained in mm. this, these codexes for ninth. Uh, the, um, yeah, dude, exactly right. They've added so much identity to them in this edition that yeah. I really really hope they don't lose. Hundred percent. All right, mate. We're up to talking about the, how the data sheets have held up, and then we are pretty much done. So. Um, give us your take on the data sheets. What's what's still good? What's bad, etc. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I think the data sheets is the weakest part of this book. Um, I think that's valid based on the fact that uh, all of the buffs uh, in the relics, exalted court, etc. Everything are so powerful when you put mm-hmm. them together. So um, like Chaos Knights, when they came out, gained additional data sheets. If we had Chaos Knight data sheets, oh. I think Imperial Knights would have been quite busted for quite a while. Agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, so the the big boy one here, and I think this is the most important thing, is uh, the Armager Halbron. Honestly, as, as a baseline, very mm-hmm. important. 60-inch range, 2d3 shots per arm, strength 7, neck 2, 3 damage. Very powerful in terms of the amount of shooting buffs you can stack on things. Just having that 3 damage threat at strength 7, which is pretty reasonable, yeah. and a decent AP, is very good. I'm going to say something here, and that is that mm-hmm. no no stat line in this book is good enough. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't think there is a single stat line, impressive stat line on a data sheet in this book. Um, movement 12, yeah, 3, 3, with 6, 7, 12. Like, every big knight on today's metrics should be toughness 9 with a 2 plus save. If there are oh, only, yeah. Definitely. 100 freaking percent. You look at what I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leib and Russ, toughness 8 with a 2 plus save. Can have five guns and a hunter killer missile for like 170 points, 180 points. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my lord. Uh, These none of these things hold up. Only four attacks on a on a a melee nine. Pretty low. What the leadership nine? Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Only yeah, only 24 wounds. Like they could. The fact that these from from eighth edition to ninth edition, very little about these uh, stat lines changed. Yeah. 
Very and, little. And honestly, I think that's where the, the Knights are struggling at the moment. Isn't actually the armages. It's the fact that the big boys just don't live. Like, as you've stated, T8 is enough. 24 wounds probably is enough if they're a bit tougher, but it would be nice to have that added now instead. And mm. a three-up save. Um, a lot of the time when I'm facing hard games, it's not anti-tank weapons that kill me. It's actually like rats, like GSC, with just like, yeah. or like uh, Eldar and stuff with just like bulk AP2 or AP1, one damage, just yep. heaps of it. Yep. Um, just throwing it at you. Like, it's exactly right. Big knights should get like... In, like it should almost be on their data sheet. Are you shooting at the, them with something that isn't like uh, multi damage? Isn't isn't more than like three? Isn't three damage or d six damage? You should get like plus to your save or something. Like they yeah, should, probably they, they that would be just, a good way. They should just be like your small guns mean nothing to me. Kind of a, in in on their data sheet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'd love that. But yeah. I'm also biased, so <laughs> dude. Well, the fact that I've just seen like uh, a, a one unit of shuriken cannons plus doom just kills a, a big knight. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I've had Chris Wright, when the Codex came out, granted it was Halo Doom, picked up Crusader through all the defensive buffs I could put on it with a unit of Dire Avengers. And I was like, okay. Yeah, wounded on sixes. And they're just like, sorry, deleted. Yeah. Never heard of you. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I really, I would love to have Warglaives, Weapon Skill 2+, plus with five or six attacks, you know, on, on today's metrics. Um, yeah, probably five is what I started at because you yeah, can buff them up a little bit. Exactly right, and then all the buffs become that much more relevant because going from four to five, it, it, like the fact that it takes like three warglaves to kill five infiltrators through transhuman just shits me to no yeah. no no end, no end. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff yes, that I hate. Like you, like you're paying a hundred, I think it's hundred and forty-five yeah. for that, and like that's don't be wrong. Like infiltrators aren't cheap compared to that like it's only 20 points difference but the jump up is a rust is other stuff right Again, exactly so it's not a huge difference um, yeah it probably should be scaled up with that um apart from like the actual so apart from the, the guns and the data sheets sorry the guns and the stat lines the data sheets are good like ion shield yeah. super heavy walker the codes the exploding the bondsman abilities these are all good things but none of the guns are good enough except for the auto cannon on the helverin that's the only, literally only one i can look at and be like that still holds up at the moment um and the thermals okay yes yeah, the, like yeah, the 2d3 shots that is actually true sorry you, you are correct the thermal does hold up um yeah it still does its damage <laughs> how funny was it that were, that the gatling gun hasn't changed in six years <laughs> it's the Pretty same. wild. It's exactly the same yeah. as it was in Eighth Edition. Uh, you look yeah, at like look, the endless look fury <laughs> probably should be the Gatling. <laughs> it's, that's it, exactly right. Endless fury should just be what the Gatling gun is. Um, yeah. But you look at like what a rail gun like went through from last edition to this edition, and then you look at the old Gatling, yep. and you're like, ah. Anyway, we're starting <laughs> to get a bit too memey now, so we might close this off. But suffice to Definitely. say, the data sheets suck. Yes. Um, yes, they're not the strongest. Overall, mate, give us your impressions of the book. How's it holding up? Um, is it still a good book? Is it still worth playing? If you were saying somebody to go and scramble and get ready for not a tenth edition, should they go and get some knights? Are they still going to have fun in the next couple of months? Yeah. So if you look at this from a competitive perspective, I think knights aren't in the best spot personally. Um, they maybe with the changes to dark angels because you know it's still fresh. They've improved a bit for singles. It's a bit rough uh, for teams. Good spot. Uh, the decks overall, though, is a lot of fun. Like, just mm. having the ability to stomp around, uh, score your points, and just, you know, do a bit of shooting and a bit of combat, have a lot of movement speed, good times. So, I, I think for people getting into the hobby, uh, Knights is a good way to learn the basics of the game, but just don't get trapped on the idea that you can't move through walls, because yeah. that does happen. I I do think you hit the nail on the head there. Knights is a phenomenal way. This book is a phenomenal way to learn mechanics, um, to learn the importance yes. of the movement phase, to learn the importance of uh, uh, of shooting allocation um, over and under, how applying buffs, staying in auras, these things, which might not be that relevant for 10th edition, especially the auras one, but I assume the rest of it's going to stay pretty yeah. relevant. But I 100% agree. Like, if you wanted to, if you wanted to get good at the fundamentals of the game, I think Knights were a crazy, crazy good place to be. Yeah, 100%. On that note, we will wrap up this part one. We're going to go over part two, answer some questions, pontificate, possibly even wish list what we hope to see for Knights in 10th edition. If you would like to join us, come over to Art of War Down Under over on Patreon, and you can jump into our juicy, spicy, lovely Discord, as well as getting my little bonus uh, vlog content where it's like Adam's short shorts 
I pretty much just like do a bit of a stream of consciousness or it's been a bit, a lot of it has been my travel uh, blog lately, you know, what games have been playing here or there and everywhere across the great United States. What am I, what am I practicing, what I'm building, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if you're interested in any of that, in addition to the part two, join us over there. Will, anything, anybody you would like to shout out or say day, you know, hi mom, any of that stuff before we tune out? Hi mom. But uh, I would love to give a shout out to uh, Ethos. They've just started their own podcast, which yeah, is uh, Eric through us. Uh, and another big shout out to Team Australia, which I have the honor of being a part of this year. We're doing a raffle at the moment. Um, if anyone would be keen to buy tickets on that, we've got a couple of thousand dollars worth of prizes and all the funding is going towards getting Team Oz across the WTC. Dude, uh, can't freaking wait to see how you guys go. I'll be sitting uh, behind a microphone at WTC, happy to announce, and hopefully I Let's can be shoutcasting some more Aussie victory. But dude, good luck to you, sir. Thank you very much for coming on, and we'll see you in part two. Thank you for having me on. See you then. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.